Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Noelle. And And we're we're licensed licensed to gossip. Get ready for a juicy breakdown of pop culture and the law with two attorney besties. We won't be giving any legal advice, but we are here to have a good time. So let's get into it. Um, let's get into our, our episode five today. It's our fifth episode. I can't believe yes. it. Halfway through the first season. Halfway through our first season. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. Look at us go. So yeah, Ali, what the fuck happened since our last episode? Okay. So this has been everywhere. Um, it's very recent though. Mm-hmm. So Montana was the first state to pass a bill banning people in Montana from downloading TikTok. Like this just Ooh. happened. The bill just passed in, the, in their legislature and all that's left is it's awaiting like governor approval still. Um, mm-hmm. And the ban would start January 1st of 2024. And I don't know. I feel like this has been everywhere. I feel like a lot of people are really worried about using their TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder how that's going to work. Like if you already have it on your phone versus like if you don't have an account already, like I wonder how that'll play, come into play. I have no idea. It's very questionable how we'll enforce it. And even, mm-hmm. I guess, like, you know, some TikTok spokespeople have been like, yeah, no, they're not going to be able to enforce this. And I, I really don't know how. So um, I'm sure they'll be spending the rest of this year figuring that out. <laughs> well, but I guess in the meantime, I'll try to consume as much, as much TikTok as I can. <laughs> yeah, get it case. in while you still can, guys, get especially if you live in Montana, because... <laughs> It's looking yeah. rough over there. I, I just um, got on board the TikTok train too, so I have a lot oh, wow. of Late bloomer. to catch up on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I definitely was on board for a while, but I had to, um, I had to quit because it's a little bit too addictive for me. It, I have a little bit of an is. addictive personality, so the same. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, I can already tell this is not going to be good for me. So yeah, because there's one thing to be doom scrolling on Instagram. Like eventually, you get bored and you stop. But TikTok, you just never get bored. <laughs> well, it's like TikTok knows what I want to see before I even know. It, it's like they're yeah. already showing me the next video. I didn't even have to click on anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like Instagram, I at least have to go to like the For You page. You know what I mean? Yeah. The but algorithm is just supreme on TikTok. Really There's is. no denying it. Um, really so for those who don't know, because it's been a little bit over the news, um, there was like hearings in Congress about TikTok that there is this like 2017 Chinese intelligence law that basically requires private companies based in China to hand over any data about their customers to the government if that information is ever requested. So that's like the basis for this ban. And it's also been the basis of like some the congressional hearings and like some White House discussions with um, TikTok like leaders. And I don't know. I just think that there's that's this wild, really interesting- that statement like TikTok leaders. <laughs> Like, I know. I was like, is that the right TikTok thing leaders? to say? That's, no, that just like sounds crazy to me. You know what I mean? Like that it's so yeah. political. I don't know. It, I know. It's wild. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people are wondering like what's going to happen to TikTok? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the White House has like been pe- pressuring the platform to basically break ties with ByteDance, which is the parent company that's based out of China, um, mm-hmm. and then sell to American investors or an American company. Um, so that's, you know, potentially there might be some congressional uh, action in this area in in the next I don't know the next few years next few months I have no idea um, but we'll definitely see. keep posted if you're a big TikTok user um, there might be some changes to the platform changes to the platform yeah we'll see what happens coming yeah. up but I'm sure they'll find a way to still keep something you know like that 
accessible to people since it has become yeah. so popular. They'll find a way to rebrand it. And like you said, if, if an American company ends up buying it out or something, I feel yeah. like they'll find some way to keep it going. I feel like that's the most likely. Like if TikTok ends mm-hmm. up getting banned in the US, like that's a huge part of their audience, their international audience. Um, so more than likely they would end up just selling to an American company and doing an initial public offering. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Meta. We'll see if Meta is in the market. Zuckerberg is literally salivating. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) The the image of him drooling. Ew. Um, yes. So in other, um, non-legislative news, this one is maybe even more important. Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn. Yeah, Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn broke up. I saw. After what? Like six years, I think? Apparently six years. I know. Which I was like, how can it have been that long? Because I feel like she was just dating Harry Styles like last year. (laughs) I know. Apparently there were some reports going on. I think this was through the Dumois or something. There were reports that, you know, they were maybe going to take a break while she was going on her era's tour and like see how that went. And then it ended up being a more permanent break because they were both just busy doing their own things. I don't know. Yeah. But well, we'll see. regardless if it's true or not, I mean, I guess it's, it seems to be true at this point. Um, it hasn't been officially confirmed, I guess. But yeah, she's still queen vibes she's doing amazing on her tour you would never guess that she's going through a breakup of six-year relationship i mean geez i feel like i would be like no i've got to cancel my tour i'm i'm too upset right have some time to (laughs) mourn no i feel like she's just dove fully into this new era and you know now she'll have a bunch of content for more breakup songs so yeah which (laughs) did you know that he did you know he co-wrote like 10 of her songs i was like googling things about him because i don't know anything about joe alwyn but yeah, he no, co-wrote I knew some he of was in songs. the industry, but I wasn't sure what he actually did. Okay. Yeah, hmm. so he's like, I guess, more of an actor, but when he started, when he first met Taylor Swift, um, they were just like mm-hmm. playing around on the piano together or something. I'm sure all the Swifties already know this, but for those non Swifties listening, um, which yeah, is so us apparently, also. <laughs> yeah, which is also us. I had to look up a lot of stuff about Taylor Swift to prepare for this episode because I was like, I don't want to seem uninformed, but also, there's way some way too much content about her on the internet. Yeah. I just can't get through it all. Um, but yeah, apparently he co-wrote like ten of her songs. Some of them were on like the Evermore album and the Folklore album, I guess, and then one on okay. her recent Midnight's album. Midnight's. Okay. Hmm. Don't. Yeah, I guess the Swifties will fact check me on that. But so he like actually yeah, has a Grammy. He has a Grammy. Isn't wow. that crazy? Wild. Yeah. Well, that's one. She has a million more. <laughs> I know. Sure. I don't know how many she has, but a lot. Um, I'm sure it's a ton. Yeah. But yeah, she's so, amazing. Have you seen all the vids of her on the tour? I have. Yes, I've seen all the vids, all the outfits. I mean, Swifties are like, they're like, their investigative skills are supreme, honestly. Um, they found yeah. out that she was, I guess, hiding in this janitor's cart before going out for one of her numbers. So, like, there's literally videos of her, like, literally, it's like this big black box with like brooms and like mops and shit hanging out of it, and this one guy pushing it like into the backstage area. And then there's you can see, the, I don't know, there's a video somewhere of her like actually mm-hmm. getting out of this cart, like fully dressed, like like ready. To I don't go know. On I'm just stage. this is wild to me. Like and. Apparently, she's not even doing it for safety reasons and stuff because people were like, oh, my God, you know, you're giving away her, you know, 
that's her location or whatever she's trying to hide and then no apparently she's doing it to undercover so the costume is like more of a surprise but oh my god i don't know she's so much she's well, she's yeah <laughs> i mean the swifties love all these little taylor easter eggs you know what i mean like they're always trying to find some things and i feel like they feed off of that energy like taylor also is like here's little codes i heard uh-huh I did you see the things about like all the codes on the t-shirts she's been wearing that are supposed oh, to wait. be spelling out like, like the speak the, now the speak now yeah like that's oh. what it's supposed to spell like speak now taylor's version something like that and apparently in a bunch of the concerts she's only been playing one song from speak now and she's been playing Wild. a bunch of songs from all the other albums so people think it's like a clue that maybe that album is gonna be her next taylor's version album Oh Which, my gosh. So wait. I yeah. love that album though. That album's so I, good. It is a good album. I, I, of all of the ones, that's probably the one I listen to the most. Like when it Yeah, came like out. I I definitely am not the biggest Taylor Swift fan in my ancient age now, but back when those like yeah. or, her original albums were coming out, all over them, like the there's so many great hits. Yeah, I remember now. I remember when that album first came out and I remember I was in high school and one of my friends, she was a huge Swifty. Her name's Taylor also. Um, and <laughs> she like got the CD and when it came out, we were like opening the cover in the little pamphlet that comes in the front of the CD case. You know what I'm talking about? That has oh all God, the songs yeah. and like the lyrics and everything. Yeah. Do yeah, people even buy were, those anymore? <laughs> I don't know if they do now. I mean, I'm sure they make them. But I'm sure they yeah. do. Maybe there's a digital version of them now, but there would be like the Easter eggs in there. It was like every letter that was capitalized, you would put together in one of the songs and it was supposed to spell out the name of whichever one of her exes that song was about. Oh or my Lord. Yeah. So and Taylor is all about her Easter eggs. Like she just cannot stop with the Easter eggs. I know. I know. I know. It's it's fun for, for the Swifties. Fun little community. Oh yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of fun. I mean, she definitely knows her fan base really well. I know Mm -hmm. I was seeing stuff about I think it was also about the speak now Easter eggs where people really analyzing Mm -hmm. her I guess bejeweled music video I don't really know this song super well so sorry if I got it wrong but I guess there were a lot of hints in that music video about speak now I haven't seen Um, it either so about it being the next Taylor's version like quote Mm -hmm. unquote Mm -hmm. got it it's all about speak now it's gonna be coming out soon so We'll yeah, you heard see. it here first if you hadn't heard already. <laughs> right. If you ca- if you missed all the Easter eggs, yeah, LTG, if it's we not gotcha. All over your feeds, then we got you. <laughs> yes. Well, that is a great segue because that's what we're gonna be talking about today is these new Taylor's versions. Why the hell is she recording all of her new albums? I'm sure many of you know that she's been recording these. Basically, anything before her Lover album, she's recording. So the Lover album came out in 2019 so she's already done I believe Taylor's versions of Red and Fearless are the two that she's already done yeah because it gave us that amazing 10 minute version of All Too Well which is probably now my favorite Taylor Swift song I was obsessed with that the the Sadie Sink one yeah yeah Sadie Sink movie and who's the guy the werewolf the werewolf guy um, from Teen was, Wolf, what was his name? I don't know what his name is. I'm, I was gonna say oh, Jake Gyllenhaal, no. but like that's just who. It's well, that's about, the real. Right? That's, that's yeah, 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 that was yeah. Her, the whole sweater thing with the the scarf, the scarf. Right. Yeah, right. I'm not a Jake Gyllenhaal fan, but everyone really like took that too far. <laughs> I feel like when that came out, 
Yeah, people were really attacking him. I know, I know. Yeah, um, he probably didn't deserve all that. I mean, they only dated for a little while. Right. Like, like I think it was like a, a couple ago. months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was a little old for her. So he that was, was little, yeah, he was definitely, I remember there being yeah. a big age gap at the time, but. Yeah, anyway, I think like 10 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, people were really coming for him during that. Um, but that was a cute, yeah, that little All Too Well music video was really cute. So, yeah, so she's been re-recording these albums. And as we just mentioned, Maybe Speak Now is the next one. We'll see. And then she might be planning to re-record her other earlier ones too, like her first album, Taylor Swift. Yeah, I've heard people mm-hmm. think she's saving that one for last for some reason. Special. She's like going last. out of order. I don't know. Yeah. Cute. But she's definitely going to be re-recording all of them for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, why do, why would she be doing this? Why would she be re-recording these albums? And that's what we're going to kind of talk about with you all today. So just to kind of step back for a moment, I want to just sort of like recap a little bit about copyright law. We've talked about this before, just with our Pinocchio episode, we touched on it with the purpose of copyright law and public domain and how it's designed to help protect artists' work, but also to incentivize new creations and new artists to be able to share their work as well. And so there's that certain amount of time where artists have exclusivity in their copyright holding before a work goes into the public domain. And during that time, when they have the exclusive rights to their work, there's several abilities that they have that they can like, they can do during that time. So they can like reproduce the works, they can um, perform them publicly, and in the case of sound recordings, you know they can perform them digitally. And so and that's, that's how they make of, all the muns, right? That's how they, that's make, how they the make all muns. the muns. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's kind of like the subset of copyright law that we're going to be talking about. And in the music industry, there's two different copyrights that that you need in order to come about. And so I'll pass it over to you. Do you want to kind of walk us through the first one of those? Yeah, yeah of course. So cool. like you said, you know, they're – these copyrights give us um, copyright holders a lot of abilities to do different things with their works, depending on what type of work it is that's being copyrighted. Um, and the nature of some works means that there are multiple copyrights underlying that work. Um, so, for example, like for a film, you know, the video itself of the film is copyrightable, but also like the underlying screenplay, the music, like there. So there can be one work that has many different copyrights. Um, so mm-hmm. music is a unique art form that requires two separate copyrights for any song. Um, And there's the copyright in the composition, which are kind of in in the industry known as publishing rights. Um, And then there's the copyright in the actual sound recording of that song or that whatever it is. Um, And that's called the master's rights. Um, So these, and also in the nature of the music industry, these two copyrights typically have separate owners. Um, And then among that, like many owners can split those rights up even more. Um, So those two separate owners, like we're just assuming they're two, one for the compositional rights, one for the masters, and and they split royalties for the use of those Mm -hmm. recordings. Um, So for compositional rights, which like I said, can also be called publishing rights, Um, The compositions are authored by like the songwriters, the composers, and the lyricists, but their copyrights are often partially assigned to music publishing companies or music publishers um, who promote and license the works. So that's why they are colloquially known as publishing rights. 
Um, so it. these copyrights, yeah. So these these copyrights include the lyrics, the melody, the harmony, the rhythm, the arrangement. You know that written work. Um, and like you said before, how you know you can have the right to reproduce and everything like that. So when you own the copyright to the composition, um, you then have the exclusive right during that exclusivity period, like you said, um, to reproduce and distribute the work, to create derivative works, which we mentioned in our Pinocchio episode, Mm -hmm. um, to publicly perform the work since it's a song. Um, So like, you know, we've been talking about Taylor. She's the best. Mm -hmm. Um, So this this is why Taylor Swift has the right to re-record her music. Um, So, you know, she did initially have a restriction in her contract with Big Machine Records, who they're the ones that like owned the masters to original recordings and they are the, they actually Scooter like, Braun, right? Like that, that was, was this, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that was that whole drama with the Scooter mm-hmm. Braun. So she had a contract with them because they, you know, they make the rec- sound recordings for her. They pay for all of that. Um, so they had right. her, she had a restriction that basically disallowed her from re-recording until November of, I think, 2020. Right. Yeah, I think it was 2020. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, that's so we because, saw her first one come out. Yeah, like mm-hmm, right after like that. Right after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. Um, so yeah, so because she owns those compositional rights, though, that's why she has the ability to re-record her own music. Very cool. Okay, so that's that's a really great way to sort of describe the compositional rights. And you said that she is actually owns those right now. But it's the Mm -hmm. second type of right that she doesn't own, right? The masters. And so Mm -hmm. that's why she's doing these re-recordings in order to hopefully get both of these two rights together and have full ownership of the copyrights rather than just half of them. So I guess I can walk us through a little bit of the master's rights explanation too. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Yeah, so the master's basically is the rights in the actual fixed sound recording. So like you mentioned how the composition encompasses like the lyrics and the melody and things like that. Um, The master's rights is encompassed by the actual audio recording. And so that's kind of where the, the difference comes in there. And so that's you see this when you're looking to use an audio recording, like maybe in a movie or in a commercial or maybe if there's a situation where there's going to be a sampling of it in another song, things like that. Um, you know, if, if the work is being pirated, like if there's any unauthorized use of an actual clip of the sound recording in something else, then there's where your violation of the master's rights would come in. So that's different from what you were just describing with the composition rights. Um, and, and I was kind of thinking of it a little bit going back to our Elvis episode. I know we had touched on this, how Baz Luhrmann really likes to mix different artists together. You know, he kind of yeah. mixed together Elvis songs with current day artists and the soundtrack. There were a couple on there that used actual recordings from Elvis songs. I know like there was a remix of In the Ghetto on there. There was a remix mm-hmm. of um, Las Vegas and Britney Spears Toxic like combined together. So those are just kind of like little illustrations I thought of to show the difference between the two that like that's where we're talking about the master's rights because those are like actual recordings of the song right right Mm -hmm. so when you're sampling like when you're sampling an actual recording you'd have to get the masters and the compositional rights like licenses right what about if you're doing but what about if you're doing like a cover yeah so a cover would actually just be the composition rights right? Because you're actually not using 
any of the actual fixed audio recording. You might be using the lyrics, you might be using mm-hmm. the melody, the notes and things like that, but you're not actually using any part of the, the sound recording. So these rights would not come into play there. You would just be looking at the composition rights there. Okay. Yes. I remember there's a pretty, um, I think a pretty iconic example of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, we love Ariana Grande since we did mention her (laughs) in a recent episode as well. Um, So, you know, the song Seven Rings, that was like such a big hit. I don't know. What is it like five years ago now? Oh my God. How's it been? Yeah, I was going to say that's been a while. Yeah. What's yeah. Album? Maybe it's been four years. Think. I don't know. Um, it's on the Thank You Next album. Is that what the album yeah, is called? It's the, I don't know. Is okay. that what the album's called? Like, I'm, oh my God. The Arianators are going to come Arianators. for us. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know what they were called first, calling them Granders. Now we don't know. I know. We know they're the Arianators. So, um, okay. So I'm Ariana Grande. Let's just slip in a fantasy world. And yes. I, I want to, I want permission to use the melody from Rodgers and Hammerstein's My Favorite Things to make the mm-hmm. Seven Rings songs, you know? Why do I not know the words, though? I don't... Wow, look at us. Brown paper package. That's the only part I know. Tied up with paper. strings. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, brown paper packages. Why is that oh the most God. memorable lyric? I don't know. Well, okay, besides the actual My Favorite Things lyric. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, so I want to I want to license that song okay. to make seven rings. What rights do I need to obtain? Okay, so thinking on that, I think mm-hmm. first of all, it's important to know that, and I think we have mentioned this before, is that like it's the onus on the person seeking the license to then find and contact the owners of the copyrights in order to license those works, right. um, which can be tricky too to figure yeah. out who owns them. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, luckily, if you're someone like Ari, I'm sure that you have a bunch of people a working team. for you that just do it for you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so, but if you, like you said, if you're not using the sampling or sound recording, like going back to those Elvis numbers, if you're not mm-hmm. using the sound recording, then you only need to get a license for the actual composition. So you only need to license those publishing rights. Um, but sense. if she had wanted to use a little clip, of Julie mm-hmm. Andrews singing instead of us, mm-hmm. because let's be or honest, us. Julie sounds <laughs> Julie sounds so much better, <laughs> and she's actually like on key and all that. Um, so <laughs> the bar is low to be better. And then, woo, yeah, very low. Um, so Ari would then need to also obtain a separate license for the masters if she wants that clip of Julie. Mm-hmm. So then she would need to obtain two licenses. To make seven rings, which could but, be yeah, very expensive. And and speaking of how much money it can cost, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know actual figures, but um, so Ari did obtain the license for the compositional rights from Rogers mm-hmm. and Hammerstein's estate to use my favorite things, the you know some of the lyrics and the melody, um, and the estate now receives ninety percent of Seven Rings's royalties. What? 90? Like nine zero? 90% of all of the royalties for Ariana Grande's song go to Rodgers and Hammerstein's estate. Just for that melody. Just for the little clip of the melody, which she uses in like the refrain of the song. But like the rest of the song is original. Right. I know. Wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. It shows you why this is so important and why people can make so much money off of having both of these because those royalties, they'll get you. 
<laughs> oh my god, I know. So yeah, so the fee the fee for the license um, is totally at the discretion of the owner of the copyright. Uh, and, and like typically for the composition, they do seek a percentage of the royalties if you want to use their composition. Um, and if but if you're trying to license the masters, then there's mm-hmm. usually like a like a fee, a clearance fee. Um, it's and paid yeah, up front, right? Yeah, like an upfront fee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, both can be crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So Taylor Swift is basically just a fucking genius, right? Like <laughs> she really, really is. <laughs> yeah. Even if we're not Swifties, I feel like we can both really appreciate just her business genius and her badassery because she's out here just trying to collect all the rights that she can. This is just a separate note, but she also has apparently like around 50 registered trademarks and hundreds of other trademark applications out there too for her that is song wild. titles, lyrics. Yeah, like she's really just like, these are all mine. There's, there's. A, I looked up a couple of them. There's some, like she has the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Like that's one of her Oh my gosh. Trademarks. Yeah, look she what you made me do. So, like, yeah, she's mm-hmm. so business oriented and very protective of all mm-hmm. of her intellectual property for sure. Right, right. So, yeah, so she has those trademarks. She's now re recording these versions of her old albums, creating these new Taylor's versions so that she can have full control, right? She can have both these composition publishing rights and the master's rights. And now she has full control to access all of those royalties, not just half of them. Um, You know, with the composition rights, she was able to say, no, you can't use my song in this. But now that she has the masters too, she can say, you know, but here's my new version that you can use. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, like, for example, to just lay it out. um, Mm -hmm. So if I'm making like a movie or a episode on television or an ad and Uh I want to use like one of Taylor's old songs like I want to use you belong with me from fearless iconic music video remember that one we love it is that the the one like out the window yes Mm -hmm. like across the little way she has a little sign yeah Yeah. the little sign (laughs) and then whatever that's so funny I love that high school um so yeah so I want to use you belong with me and I'm trying movie maybe (laughs) Or yes, Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas Sparks has hired me to, yeah, as a music producer for his movie. Um, so I try, I'm trying to license the old version of the song, You Belong With mm-hmm. Me, back in the Scooter Braun days. Right. So Taylor, because she still owns the compositional rights to that old recording, she can reject my request for a license because she owns compositional rights. Because I still have to get her permission to use the old Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would just have to get her permission plus the permission of whatever record label owns it now, it's actually switched hands. It's not Scooter Braun anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So this basically forces me after she rejects my application to then try to license her new Taylor's version of You Belong With Me that she re-recorded. So I apply. mm -hmm. So now I apply to license the new one, Taylor's version, and she approves. And, you know, assuming she likes my movie, my Nicholas Sparks movie. Of course. um, (laughs) Yeah. And now she gets full financial control over that licensing deal she can you know assuming like she I don't know if she has co-writers on that specific song or whatever but she Mm -hmm. gets to like negotiate all the negotiations for how much royalties she wants to get for those compositional rights and get that clearance fee like money 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 cha-ching (laughs) cha-ching 
<laughs> Literally all hail. Let's all bow down to the T-Swift. No, it's she's wild. a queen. We love it. Yeah. So that's cool. Thanks so much for breaking that down with the illustration. That's super helpful. And so, yeah, I guess like where do we go from here? Do you think that this is going to change the industry? Do you think other artists might start recording their own versions of their songs just like Taylor has done? What do you think? I mean, I mean, okay. I I love how this has brought to light a lot of the predatory practices of the music industry because, you know, let's be honest, like big record labels are predatory with young artists or new artists. You know, they these artists sign away a lot of their rights when they get signed to these record labels, you know, in the hope of making it big. Um, yeah, they don't have any negotiating power at that time, right? I mean, mm-mm. how old was she? Like, what, 14, 15? I mean, yeah, Taylor I and so she, many artists are, yeah, very yeah, young. They, just, they don't have the power to really do what Taylor Swift has done in her later years, which is negotiate to have all of those rights. So, you know, I mean, on the other hand, record labels do carry the risk that their investment will fail. So I'm not saying that record labels should get nothing. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, this brings to light like that artists don't have a lot of negotiating power. Um, mm-hmm. So I think what's most likely to happen though, because these are all like contractual based, you know, they sign away their rights and contracts to these record labels. Um, I think that it's likely that record labels are just going to put longer record re-recording restrictions <laughs> Um, in their contracts yeah. to prevent what Taylor's done from happening in the future with young artists. That's um, what I'm sadly. kind of worried about too. And basically that time frame, what you're referring to is like that November 2020 when mm-hmm. she was actually able to re-record. Yeah, like what if they're just like, well, now they're going to slap another 10 years onto that and then people don't really have that ability anymore. I mean, that's kind of my fear with it. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, at least now this is bringing this to light, right? At least this is education for new artists, young artists, future artists who are maybe singer-songwriters. Maybe they are co-writing, writing their own work and singing it. And it's just good to at least know because I think that's a big issue is that people just have she no idea. She probably didn't know. I mean, right. I'm sure Taylor yeah. didn't know when she first signed what exactly she was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, people are like, this is my song. I'm singing it. I own the rights. I mean, I think mm-hmm. people just don't think my voice. that. Yeah, it's my yeah. voice out there. You're making money off of it too. So you just feel like it's yours. And then mm-hmm. you're like, wait, I actually don't have as much control over that as I thought. So I think it at least brings it to light. And we still are going to have the issue of the negotiating power imbalance with these young artists and these big, powerful record labels. But at least people know about this and they can maybe hire an attorney or ask the questions or, you know, have have a little bit more of that knowledge up front and right. we'll see where and that I, can go. I think like it's important, too, because not all I mean, we're talking about really singers and songwriters here. Not all singers are songwriters, though, like Taylor True. Swift. I mean, a lot of singers just sing other people's music. Um, so if you're signing away all of your master's rights and you're not writing any of your songs, that leaves you with nothing. Nothing. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. I know. So it's important to know and try to negotiate to get something. You I mean, you should be getting royalties on some of your music. I think nobody would disagree totally. with that. Yeah. I mean, even if you could just be, like you said, like be a, a co-writer, a co-author on the song, you know, somebody just yeah. be in the room and maybe an artist could think about that ahead of time and be like, hey, you know, I'm going to have a team with me to help write my songs, but I want to be a part but of that I want to be there. I need to give yeah, some input be too because, yeah, you want to get that co-writing credit. I mean, this shows just how yeah. important it is for artists to have those co-writing credits when you are signing away those master's rights. It's just crazy. Totally. 
Yeah, totally. Keep that control. So we'll see. We'll see if some other artists are. Re- I think there have been. So I think JoJo maybe was like the first to re-record some of her older works too. I'll have to look back into that. But I know there's been a few other artists who have. I'm, yeah, I'm sure Taylor's mm-hmm. not the first one, but I just think she's definitely the most famous example definitely. of people doing mm-hmm. this. So should we do a little smash? A little smash Let's or pass? do it. A little smash or pass. Yeah. All right. Um, did you see? I'm sure you did. Did you see that Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things got engaged over the past week? Um, did you see? Yes, Do you know who that I did. Is? Yes, I saw. <laughs> I know who Millie Bobby Brown is. <laughs> yes, I saw that she got engaged. Um, and I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What are the thoughts? I'll, I'm gonna be quiet. I mean, I'll share. Your yeah. Thoughts. Um, I mean, I'll say. I'll go ahead and say pass. It's a pass. And I okay. like I'm happy for her. I want her to be happy. I just she's just so young. I mean, she's I had to look it up. She is 19, mm-hmm. so it's not like she's a literal child. But I don't know. I just think she's too young to be getting engaged a little bit. So I'm also a pass. I, I don't understand. Apparently they've been dating at least three years or something like that, but still but like so like they're still teenagers. I know. It it I, I don't know. And he's not that much older or maybe they're the same age. Like it's not like a huge power imbalance. So I guess maybe that makes it not as bad. I don't know. It's just like, why do we need to get married so young? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But I love her. I really do. I really do. But I don't know. Maybe I just sound like a grandma saying this, but 19 is just too young to decide to get married. Like you don't even know yourself yet. I'm sorry. I know. Well, Hopefully they decide to do a prenup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I hope. I hope. (laughs) She definitely has a lot of that Stranger Things money that she might want to be, you know. Yeah, well, and she has her whole makeup line. She has like a whole ass business. That's true. I forget about that sometimes. No. I mean, it's definitely marketed at like teenagers. So maybe we're not the target audience. Right, right. Okay, so so that one's a pass. What about um there's another couple that recently got engaged that I just saw was on the Today show, but um Vanessa Hudgens and Cole Tucker. What? Are are you a smasher of pass on them? Yes, he's like who? a he's a baseball I don't know player, who... I think. Oh, Vanessa Hudgens I've... like High sports and then you know what you don't guy. I don't know sports I've never I know heard of I have Tucker no clue my life. who he is I have no like a either. like an MLB player or like some other baseball yeah I think he's like a major league player but I've never heard of him before they just had these cute engagement photos and everything and apparently this tweet came up that he tweeted in like 2012 that he just wants somebody to cuddle with and watch high school musical with and I was like, Ew, that's, that's like, that's... how thirsty is that? <laughs> Do people and say that anymore? Like, no, that's so thirsty. I mean, good for them. Um, Ooh, I sounds like you're a pass on that one then. Too. I mean, I'm just going to say I'm a pass because I don't, I don't know who it is. So I can't say smash in, in good faith. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I'm going to say smash because I'm somebody who's like envisioning that I'm going to end up with Leah one day so so <laughs> you're like, like yeah how people can end up with their Aww. celebrity crushes yeah that is so that anyway, is cute I mean yeah good for them cute. happy happy for them if they're happy um right. I have I have one I have also a celeb couple one although I'm gonna end on a non-celeb couple one okay for people who don't keep up with as much but mm-hmm. have you seen the, the rumors about Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner 
I refuse. I refuse to believe. <laughs> like what? What is yeah. that? Yeah, I, I don't believe. I haven't seen a single photo. I, there's no photo. There's no photo evidence. I just won't believe until I see them standing next to each other. Like even honestly right. an AI, like can we get one of those AI bots to make uh-huh. a photo of them yeah, so I can envision it? Try. I'm a visual yeah. person, guys. I just – I really need to see this and it honestly makes me sick. Like, okay, we got a little <laughs> um, backlash from saying smashed like Kendall – and uh Kendall and Bad Bunny I know. which I was confused about I was like I don't know who cares but then when I saw the stuff about Timmy and Kylie I was like oh okay I understand why people were so mad because this creates a vis- visceral like reaction in me where I'm like no way right no way I was like, this they are not be. meant to no be <laughs> I know I feel like such a hypocrite yeah with Kendall and Bad Bunny I was like yeah smash they're happy why not and then yeah Timmy like why is everybody Timmy. hating and then I'm like I am such a hater for Timmy Absolutely and Kylie fucking not <laughs> I'm like no, yeah no, so no, no, no. that's a huge pass <laughs> It's a huge pass. Huge pass. Yeah. Um, we'll see okay. if it's even real. <laughs> I know. I don't even know how it could be real. I mean, he's been in Europe for like the past two years True. filming shit. Like, right. I don't know. How'd they Question even mark? <laughs> yeah. Well, I had one last one, um, which kind of goes okay. to what I said about the chat bots creating a little AI image. Oh, okay. How cool. do you how do you feel about the chat bots, like people being in relationships with them? Cause I've seen that everywhere. <laughs> Like people are like, people are like, I'm married to my chatbot. Like that, my relationship right. with my chatbot is as real to me as my relationship <laughs> with my real wife. Is that a smash or pass? <laughs> I'm I'm remembering this. It's like making me think of this episode of it's one of those TLC shows where like this person thought that they were married to a ghost. Like they thought they were married to some pirate's ghost. I can't remember now what it was, but that's what I'm thinking of. Like they fully thought they were in this relationship with a ghost and I was just like I mean that's fucking different because the that's just hallucinating (laughs) but that's what I feel like this is like I'm like how oh so you're so you're a pass so you're I'm a very pass because I but I'm also open to understanding like I'm I'm open to listening to what someone has to say about this relationship but I just I can't wrap my brain around it it's no, a, I'm pass. I'm a pass too. Um, yeah, I'm a pass too. And like, if you're in a relationship with a chatbot, let us know. We want it, we're open to learning. But yeah, it just reminds me of the movie Her, which I really like, mm-hmm. the one with Joaquin Phoenix and Sparjo right. from Forever and Ago. Sparjo, yeah, love, love that movie. But also, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Well, let us know. Weigh in. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Licensed to Gossip. Tune in next week for more juicy hot goss with a legal twist. This episode is produced by Ryko Theatricals. Follow us on all the socials at Licensed to Gossip and DM us to share your thoughts on our latest debrief. Don't forget, I'm Allie. And I'm Noelle. Later, Later, babes. babes.